1: What then, are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, come on, anybody set free? I was a little weak. Hold on, but you know why I was weak? Because it's hard to praise God for things that we still go through. But you know what the beauty of being a Christian is? We get to speak things that aren't as if they were. That means we get to declare freedom over the things that are still bondages in our life, even if we're still locked up to them. So I'm going to say it one more time, and then you better say amen like you're free, okay? Are you ready? Are you ready? And having been set free from sin, anybody set free from sin? come on, I have become a slave, we have become slaves of righteousness. I'm going to encourage you. Hey, we're going to talk a lot about habits today, and there's going to be a lot of it that is going to maybe push you the wrong way. You might go to the bathroom and not come back. Don't do that, okay? Stay, because I promise it's going to get real positive, and it's going to be real encouraging, and it's going to have you leaving this place with your head held high. The title says it all, and so I want you to tell three people, then you can have a seat. I want you to tell three people the title of today's message. Keep it going. Come on, tell three people, keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Encourage them. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Gabe, keep it going. Keep it going, Gabe. Keep it going. I'm just kidding. You can go. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Amen. Hey, was anybody blessed last Sunday when we got to preach on What Matters Most? I think it was a great message. I really felt like God really spoke to me. And if you weren't here last Sunday, that's okay. I'm going to give you a one-line summary. We talked essentially about the fact that you can't become who you want to become in life if you don't know who you want to become in life. And you can't get where you want to go in life if you don't understand or know where you want to go in life. And so, uh, honestly, knowing who you want to be and where you want to go is half the battle. How many people would say amen to that, isn't it? Right? You got to know where the finish line is or else you won't know where you, when you crossed it. And so we talked about priorities and putting your life in order so that you can know what it is you want to become where you want to go in life. That is half the battle. But if I'm being honest, knowing where you want to go and who you want to be is actually only half the battle. There's another half, isn't it? And it's how we're we going to get there, right? It's not hard to, 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 to say January 1st, I want to lose 20 pounds. I can see myself 20 pounds lighter. Amen, that's great. But you know where the challenge comes, don't you? How am I going to make it happen yeah, making it happen is the hard part. Because let's be honest, and this isn't on the screen, but if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Dreams are free. <clears throat> you heard know what I said? <clears throat> I'm battling a cold this morning, so you got to, if I'm caught, I, I have antibiotics in my pocket to prove it. Um, so I might, but just be with me. Yeah, uh, dreams are free. Yeah, I remember when we first started the church. Boy, that was exciting. When We were in the living room showing pictures of what our church would be like. That was free. This is hard. I was meeting with William yesterday. William leads our setup team. And and when we were dividing up responsibilities among what we would do in the church, you know, William was left out because he didn't really know what he wanted to do. You know, that that was his fault. He lost the battle because he didn't know what he wanted to do. And so so he was like, I wanted this guy was like, I want to do worship. And this guy was like, I want to do creative. And this girl said, I want to do connections. And And then William was there, didn't know what he wanted. And so I said, you know what we really need, William? He said, what? I said, we need a setup team leader. Yeah, and then and that's, not, that's not, how many people know that's not a very sexy ministry, you know? Nobody wants to be the set-up team leader. And so, and, so I, and so I had to sell him on it. I had to paint a picture. I had to present a dream. I had to inspire him. And I was like, William, you're going to be, this is William in the front row, where I was like, William, you're going to be the one who builds the temple so that the glory can come into the temple. But with no temple, William, there's no glory. I said, just like that, because I talk like that in normal conversations. I just do that. I said, I got to paint the picture. And he said, yeah, amen, I want to do it. Let's do it. I said, yeah. Yesterday we were meeting at Starbucks. He said, I didn't know it would be this hard. (laughs) He said, you didn't tell me that we'd have to wake up at 5 a.m. I said, of course, that's not my job. I'm the inspired guy. You're the how guy. I'm the inspire guy, and I think oftentimes too many preaching can be a lot of inspire and not how. And so I, I hope that I inspired you last week, but if it's okay, we're going to get a little practical today. We're going to talk about the how to get there. Is that all right? We're going to talk about the how, because it's easy to get up here and shout and say some funny lines and make you write some stuff down, and you leave here with your head held high, and you get in the car, and you're like, I'm going to do it. And then in two weeks, you didn't do it, because we, we got you pumped and we got you excited, but we never gave you the how and so if you were here yesterday, you'll know that the, oh, sorry, not yesterday, because we didn't do anything yesterday, but if you were here last week, you'll know that the, that the priorities is like the what, you know, what you want to go, where you want to go, what you want to do. But today we're going to talk about the how, and the how is probably a word that you're super familiar with, but you never put in this context. The how, so the what and the where is your priority. What do you want to be? Where do you want to go? It has to be at the top of your list, or else you won't get there. But this week, we're going to talk about the how, and the how is what we call habits, the what and the why are your priorities, and the where is your priorities, but you're only going to get there through your habits. Somebody say habits. Now, when I say habits, you're probably thinking of some things that you, some of your, it's like a love-hate relationship with habits, right? We have some habits that we love about ourselves. We have some habits that we hate about ourselves. We have some habits that we love in other people. And we also have some habits that we hate in other people. Somebody say amen, right? I love some habits that my wife has. She has a habit of Making me kiss her every time I leave the house. That's a good time to say, oh, I know. I love that habit. I'll try to leave and she'll say, where are you going? I got to get my kiss. I like that habit. That's a cute habit. But then there are other habits. Like this habit that she has of always picking up my stuff if I leave it for like two seconds. Anybody live with somebody like that? They think they're helping, but really, it's confusing. I leave my jacket on the chair. I go do something. I come back, and my jacket's gone. It's like the rapture. Just took my jacket. And I leave my Bible on the thing. I'm in the, I'm in the middle of a sermon prep. I go eat a sandwich. I come back. My Bible's gone. I'm like, the devil is a liar. He is stealing my, he has sent evil smurfs into my living room to misplace my Bible. And she thinks she's helping, but it's, not, it's hurting me, okay? But that habit's not so cute. It's not so... Uh, great, but I'm not really talking about the the quirks and the idiosyncrasies that form our habits. I'm talking about the kind of habits that are either going to A, take you to where you want to go, or B, keep you from going where you want to go. Because there's one thing to be passionate about something, but if you don't have the habits to sustain the passion, the passion isn't going to last very long. How many people know that? And that's a problem, and I want you to write this down because I really think this is going to help you. Um, the problem with being passion-driven in a, in a... In a in a new change for your life. Because we've all been there, right? We've all left the sermon super passionate about change that we're going to implement in our life. Or we've all been to a seminar or watched the documentary. Thank you, Charlie. Or watched the documentary and we're like, that's it, I'm going to change the world. Or, 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 or read a new, I'm never going to eat gluten again. Gluten is horrible. Like, and we leave with this passion. But the problem is, passion is enough until it isn't. Passion is enough until it isn't. Passion fades. And here's what I want you to write down. Your passion fades when the hope that births it never grows up into the habits that sustain it. Your passion fades when the hopes that birth it never grow up into the habits that sustain it. Habits feed your passion like fuel and wood and gasoline feed a car or feed a fire. And for a lot of us, we've lost the passion or we will lose the passion and here's what I hope doesn't happen but will, might happen for some of us. At some point this year, 2017's goals will become 2018's goals. And it's not because it wasn't important, and it's not because it wasn't a passion, and it's not because it wasn't a priority, but because we never put into practice the things that are going to keep that passion alive. So we get super passionate about our New Year's resolutions, and we get super passionate about losing weight, and we get super passionate about coming closer to God. But without the habits to sustain it, the passion will fade. That's why we keep coming to church every Sunday, guys, and that's why you can't miss a Sunday. Not because the church is gonna you know break down without you, or not because you know we need your ties or your money. No, the reason why you got to keep coming is because if you don't instill a habit that feeds the passion, the passion will fade. It's just that simple. Habits add value to passions. Without habits, the things that you're passionate about, you will no longer be passionate about. Jesus said it this way. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Tell me where your habits are. It could be said that. I could take it and reword it like this. Tell me what your habits are, and I'll tell you where your heart is. Tell me what your habits are, and I'll tell you where your heart is. Habits and value, habits and passion cannot be separated. We know this, right? We know this instinctively. Like, I have a bad habit, and it's well documented if you've ever listened to any of our sermons or podcasts. I have a bad habit of not making the bed in the morning, mainly because I think it's dumb. I have read studies on it, and the truth is it is actually unhealthy to make your bed. I'm not going to go into the details of it. Just Google it, okay? Just Google it. But you know what changed it for me? You know what shifted it for me? When my wife had a conversation with me, when I was giving her 10 different reasons for not wanting to make the bed, I pulled out the Google report. I pulled out the statistics. People who make their bed die 20 years younger than people who don't make their bed. I pulled it all out. And I was like, babe, do you want me to, do you want to be a widow? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to make the bed. I'm telling you. And then you know what she told me that changed everything for me? She said, listen, this is why you need to make the bed. I said, why? She's not nicer than that. She doesn't scream normally. She told me, she said, this is why I want you to make the bed." Why? I said, because it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like you love me, like you value me. Your habit shows me that you value me because it matters to me. When she told me that, all of a sudden, making, making the bed is still a challenge, but it's not as much as a challenge because I no longer put it in the context of what matters to me but what matters to her. We know this. You know who else knows that your habits and your values are one and the same Bankers know that, and your credit card company knows that. You call your credit card company up one day and say, hey, you know, I know I've got a $500 balance, but I really like a $5,000 balance. Would you mind increasing my credit limit, sir or ma'am? And she will respond to you. She said, no, sir, you cannot increase your limit. And you will say, how come? I'm a good person. I'm a nice guy. I don't eat red lights. I, I feed my dog twice a day. I read the Bible. I'm a good person. And then the person on the other line is going to come back to you and say, yeah, that's great, but the problem is we don't like your spending habits. Your spending habits tell us that you like to spend a lot of money, and so because you have bad habits, we understand where your heart is. Now, again, that's, that's easy to believe on someone else, but that's hard to believe in ourselves. Could you imagine if we were to believe that our habits were to were to define our hearts, what that would mean about us. I mean, I'm not trying to throw, you know, bombs on people or hurt anybody. I told you it's going to get hard and then hurt and it's going to feel real good at the end. And so could you imagine what that means about us if our habits determine where our heart is? That's, that's, that's not, some of us, our habits are, are not good. And I know there's some people saying in here, yeah, you know what, but sometimes I do things that I don't mean. Amen, I believe that. But I don't think you don't mean things that are habits in your life. That's different. And I'm not saying this to make anybody feel bad. I'm saying this because of this. I want you to know how deep the problem goes. It's not just something that you're doing is the issue. It's really the heart that is the issue. It's on the inside that produces those things. If you think it's just an action, you'll never find freedom from those habits that you want to break until you dig deeper and realize that the action really comes from the heart. And from the heart. And I've been someone who's been set free from some of my habits. And I've seen people who've been set free from their habits. And so I'm not going to get into today what those habits are or what your habits are. As I'm preaching, there are things that are flowing through your mind right now. Things that you wish you wouldn't have to struggle with anymore. Things that you wish you could stop doing or start doing. And today I want to give you the tools, the things that I have found to help me in my life. the Things that I believe are going to set you free, break you free from some habits and start some good habits in your life. Are you ready to hear those things? Are you ready to hear those things? I believe it. I can almost guarantee it that if you do the next two things I'm going to tell you, you can break free from habits and start new good habits. Almost guarantee it. So I want you to take notes, okay? And the reason why I can't guarantee it is because it really all depends on you. But if you do these things, I believe God will come through in the clutch like he always does. And I believe he can start today. The first thing you got to do, and it's not on the screen, so I want you to write this down. The first thing you got to do if you want to change your habits. Is get a new heart. Write that down if you're taking notes. Get a new heart. It's been said if you want to change the habits, you have to change the heart. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. Because you know who said it? Jesus said it. And I'm not going to fight with Jesus. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, verse 17 through 19. He was talking to Pharisees. and He was talking to sinners who had trouble with habits. And he said, do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the what? Proceeds from the what? Proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. Verse 19. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. Out of the heart. Now, now it seems like an open and shut case. Jesus is trying to tell the Pharisees, the problem is your heart and you need a new heart. And if you come to me, I'll give you a new heart. And I believe that. I believe that 100%. But here's the problem. I've been that teenager. I've been that 20-year-old who has gone to the altar, who has lifted their hand, who was so sure that God had given me a new heart. But when I went home, I felt like I had a new heart but the same habits. Boy, anybody can recognize what I'm talking about. Where it's like, I, I'm not, I know I'm not the same person, like I know God loves me, and I, and I know I'm different on the inside, but if I'm different on the inside, why hasn't it shown on the outside? And then we get frustrated, and here's what starts to happen. We start to doubt the thing that God has done on the inside because we've yet to see the fruit on the outside. And we allow the devil to come and whisper in our ear and say, maybe you're not really saved. Maybe you don't really love Jesus. Maybe you're not as passionate as you are, because if you were, why would you be still doing the things that you're still doing? Why would you, and let I me mean just say, uh, well, I, I, I appreciate and I believe that Jesus has the plan there. It does start with the heart, but listen, it doesn't end with the heart. Here, here's why we know Paul goes on to give us even more instruction. And I love Paul because he can sympathize with the problem. Romans chapter 7, verse 15, he says this. I'm going to do a little teaching today, and then we'll get back, but you got to learn this. He says, I don't really understand myself. Anybody say amen to that? I don't understand myself. I don't get it. I don't get it. I want to do what's right. But what? don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. His wording perfectly presents the problem that so many of us face. My habits are not following my heart. I know I love Jesus. I know I love my wife. I know I love my job. I know I love being debt free. Why am I still spending? Why am I still cheating? Why am I still lying? I don't get it. I know what my heart is, but my habits are not following. What's the problem? for years I thought this. Let's show the diagram real quick. For years I thought this. I thought that your habits came from your heart. And that's true. That's true. That's true because that's what the Bible says. Your habits come out of your heart. But there's also a second half of the formula. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. I'm going to read this to you. This is it. This This is the key right here. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. You see the mercies of God? Paul is saying it's about the heart. It's God's mercy. It's what he does in your life for sure that makes the difference. He acknowledges God's part in the equation. Only by his mercy and grace can we truly see change. Listen, here's the verse. We're going to keep reading. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal. There's the key. Somebody say renewal. Renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. When I saw this passage and I looked up the word renewal in the, in the Greek and what it really meant, my eyes opened and my mind was blown. The, the key to this passage here, the key to changing your heart, the key to breaking it all is this, that word renewal. Because you know what renewal means. Here's a definition of renewal. To repeat in action. To repeat in action. In other words, Paul is saying, yeah, Habits come out of your heart, and so you got to get a new heart. But guess what? You need to know about your heart, that your habits feed your heart, that your habits change your heart. In other words, it's not just that, it's also this, and in reality, the relationship is this, God gives you a new heart, but you got to build a new habit. And so we can't put it all on God, lift up our hands and say, I want to be different. I want to be changed. Do it, Lord. And then just go back to all the craziness that we've been living in. God says, I'll do my part. I'll give you the new heart. But if you don't build the new habits, then the new heart I give you is going to suffer and die under the weight of your bad habits. Jesus wasn't lying when he was saying that it starts in the heart, but he was saying it doesn't end there. you got to get the habits to to build that heart. So how do we get new habits? How do we break those bad habits? I'll tell you what you can't do, and you know it because you've tried it. You can't go cold turkey. It won't work. And here's another thing. Self-will, self-strength, it won't work either. One time Jesus was talking, there was a guy who was demon-possessed. And, and, the, and Jesus casted that demon out. And all the Pharisees got around and started judging. And he said, he casted out that demon because he's the king of demons. And then Jesus said something powerful. I don't know if you remember it. But he said, the devil can't cast out the devil. Here's the problem. Self can't cast out self. You can't beat yourself with yourself. Yourself won't let it. Yourself won't let you beat yourself with itself. You can't do it. So, so what's the solution? What's the answer? This is where it gets real good, guys where it gets good i'm telling you romans chapter 6 verse 15 through 18 this is where it gets good you got to read this this is the verse that we opened up with what then are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace did you catch that he's saying is it okay to carry old habits because i have a new heart no by no means verse 16 do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves you are slaves of the one whom you obey Either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient. From where? That's where it starts. Obedient from the heart. But it doesn't end there. To the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin. Having become slaves of what? But hold on, I thought Jesus came to set me free. He said, having been set free from sin. Now I'm a slave again? Yeah, but, but yeah, he came to set you free. But the problem is you were born to be a slave to something. We are habitual creatures. That's why you go to McDonald's and you always order the same thing. That's why you go to Häagen-Dazs they got 108 ice creams. You've only tried one. Okay? That's why you sleep on the same side of the bed facing the same direction all the time. Because we are habitual Creatures, we can't help it. It's who we are. And I love what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, listen, I understand you're going to be slaves to something. In other words, you can't break free from habits. But Paul changes the question. He doesn't answer the question, how do I break my habits? He proposes a new one. He says, which habits will you feed? Did you catch that? He didn't say, Jesus is going to set you free. He said, no, you were a slave of sin, but now you're going to be a slave of righteousness. In other words, not how do I break a habit, but which habit will you feed? He's saying, I tried to not be a slave. It didn't work. So instead, I just found a new slave master. The problem is that we're trying to to break habits altogether, and God says, no, if you want to break a habit, here's what you do. You beat a bad habit, I wish you can write this down, by building good habits. See, because if we focus too much on what we don't want to do, We get into a defensive posture. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want that habit. I I, I don't want to stop doing this. I want to stop doing that. I wish I wasn't so much like this. I wish I wasn't so much like that. And God says, don't get on the defensive. I didn't dastle that you'd be on the defensive. Get on the offensive. Instead of thinking about the habits you don't want to do, why don't you start focusing on the habits you want to start practicing. You want to start implementing in your life. You want to start living. Focus on what you need to do and less on what you don't want to do. Because you beat bad habits by building good habits you don't get to choose whether or not you'll be a slave only who you'll be a slave to I wanted to listen last year 2016 I wanted to start a new habit of waking up early in the morning and praying to God because I thought that's what spiritual people did you know that so we do we get up early and we pray I wanted that habit so bad, guys. My passion was, was high. It was like 99. I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to pray early in the morning and spend time with God. But you know, no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't. I had a bad habit of sleeping in late. I was a slave to my pillow. And so you know what I did? I said, listen, I learned this. And I said, well, you know what? I tried to beat self for self. It didn't work. I cannot not be a slave. And so instead, I'm going to change my slave master. And I started building a new habit. I used to have a habit of getting up late until I started a new habit of going to bed early. You're not catching it. So I used to be a slave to my pillow, but now I'm a slave to 9 p.m. It's funny, but it'll change your life. When you understand that it's the good habits, come on. You want to break free from things. You're just trying to stop. But you got to instill. You got to instill. You got to begin. I became a slave to 9 p.m. And now I got no problem getting up early and giving God the time that he desires. And it's not fun being a slave. But I'd rather be a slave to 9 p.m. than be a slave to my flesh because I haven't invested time in the morning to put God first. And so people ask me, hey, you want to come out late? Can't. Why not? I gotta be in bed by nine. What? With the fireworks at Disney, don't even start. That, 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 that. I understand what's at stake. I understand that if I don't get up early in the morning and pray, I'm not gonna have anything to deliver to you when I get up here. When you understand what's at stake, and when you understand what you're paying, and when you understand the cost, pick your slave master. Pick your slave master. You gotta build the good habits to get rid of the bad. I know somebody who had smoking was a bad habit. Every time he had the urge to smoke, he said he began a new habit, running. Every time I get the urge to smoke, I run. I was like, really? I said, yeah. I said, what do you do if you're inside? He's like, I do push-ups. I was like, that's weird. He said, yeah, I'll be in the middle of my office. I just run. I'm like, that, if that was you, I would laugh. I would call the boss. I'd be what's wrong with you? And he said, you know what? People do laugh, but I know what's at stake. I don't care if they laugh. I got to pick a slave. I tried being free, didn't work. So I'd rather be a slave to exercise than a slave to nicotine. Choose your slave master. Who will you feed? You got a bad habit of yelling at your kids? I know I did and do. Thank you for laughing. It makes me not feel so bad. But you know what? I started a new habit. Sometimes I feel like you just got to yell. And no, I'm just kidding. You can't. Don't, don't yell. It's not good. Even if your pastor does it. Don't be like me. Um, I started a new habit. You know what the habit is? Apologizing every time I yell. And apologizing hurts, man. When you got your little five-year-old there, tears in his eyes, and you're like, Buppy, I'm sorry. Daddy should not have yelled at you. You know what he does now? When I yell, he gives me a look like, daddy, you're yelling, say sorry. And I'm like, you're right, man. My bad, dude. I'm sorry. My bad. The good habit of apologizing is slowly eating away. The bad habit of yelling. You got a bad habit of looking at people of the opposite sex? Got real quiet. Go ahead, I'm gonna drink my water as I let that one just sit in for a little bit. You got a bad habit looking at people of the opposite sex? Can I get here? Go to the tent, get one of these journey wristbands, and every time you look at somebody from the opposite sex, just go ahead and give it up. Flick. Every time you look, you're either gonna break that habit. Or lose a wrist. One or the other. Well, one habit replaces a bad habit. You got a bad habit of watching pornography. Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. And it's not always when a pastor will come up and confess things like this. But when I was younger, that was a real big struggle for me. And just trying to beat that wasn't working. Until I started making the habit of, you know what, not watching rated R movies. Making a habit of, you know, making sure that on social media I'm only looking at my page and my friend's page and making that. Is it okay to be honest and transparent with you this morning? It wasn't my willpower that beat my bad habit. It was me deciding I'm going to get up at 6 in the morning. I'm going to pray. I'm going to keep my word. I'm going to keep because good habits will replace bad habits. It's just the way that it works. I want to encourage you today. You cannot, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot. If you find the good habits, the God-pleasing habits, the habits of prayer and reading your word, do you know that the other habits will fall? They have to because you cannot serve two masters. You can only serve one. So pick your slave master. You have a bad habit of losing passion for the things of God? Can I tell you, I'm just, this is the first time I've ever been a pastor. But I love January. This place is packed. It wasn't like this in November. And it wasn't like this in December. Somebody woke up in January and said, "I want to get passionate about the things of God." So I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to church. Here's what my hope and my prayer for you, or, or maybe I'm going to sympathize with you. Have you ever started the year with that kind of passion and then lost that passion somewhere along the way? because passion because passion's what habits either add value to it or take value away from it. And so if you have the habit of coming to church and praying, it's going to keep going. But if you fall into old habits, all of a sudden the passion, the fire actually dies down, right? I'm accept- if you if that's you and you and you don't want 2017 to be like 2016, and you want to keep this habit strong and you want to keep this habit going. Let me encourage or keep this passion going and keep this passion strong. Let me encourage you build some good habits. Make a habit of, of reading the word in the morning. Make a habit of, of, of singing worship songs while you're in the shower. If you, can, if you have something that doesn't electrocute you. Make a habit of prayer. Make it a habit of coming to church every Sunday, no matter how cold it is, no matter how windy it is, no matter how the rain is. Make it a habit of joining a small group and being a part of that group once a week. Build your habit so you can build your passion. Build a habit that your passion stays burning. Which means, and this is the last thing I want you to write down, a good habit can only replace a bad habit if it becomes a habit. Did you catch that? A good habit can only replace a bad habit if it becomes a habit. Which means you got to do it even when things around you look like like the habit's not working, which means you gotta do it even if your habit breaks. I, I, I didn't put it on the screen, but there's another definition of renewal. I showed you the one. Can we throw up that definition of renewal again, real quick? To repeat in action. There was a second definition. I didn't get a chance to put it in my notes. But you look it up in your websters or whatever dictionary. This is what it says. Listen, look at me. Cause this is gonna be it. This is gonna be it, it's gonna pick it up. It says, To do again. After an interruption. To do again after an interruption. See, the problem is we got this habit of wanting to be fit or this habit of exercise or this habit of prayer or this habit of reading the word or this habit of being pure in our relationships or this habit of, of, uh, of, of you know, being kind This habit of not yelling, or this habit of being patient, this habit of not speeding, this habit of whatever, you gotta fill in the blanks. And the problem is, we fall once. And then all of a sudden, the thing that we were trying to make a good habit fails because we pick back up again the bad habit. But that's not how habits are formed. You gotta keep at it even when it doesn't look like it's working. You gotta keep at it even when you fail. Even when you go back to bad habits, you got to decide today that your habit will not be temporary, but that your habit will be permanent. Because until your habit becomes a habit, the bad habit won't break. You got to keep at it. You got to keep it. You got to keep it. Keep it. No matter what you see, no matter how well you do, no matter how you know, bad you fall, no matter how many times you did it or didn't stop doing it, you got to keep it, keep it going. That's the only way you're going to find freedom. That's the only way you're going to break through. That's the only way you're going to build those good habits. That's the only way you're going to break those bad habits. Just keep going. But I messed up last week. Keep going. Keep it going. But I was on my Bible plan and I was like four days in a row and I skipped the fifth day, it's over. Keep it going. Keep it going keep it going you got to keep doing it the problem is we, we we have a bad habit of giving up on good habits and you know why because we're a generation that has been that has been everybody if you have access to the internet okay how old you are you're this generation i'm talking about we are inclined to see instant things in our life and we don't understand that what god wants to do in our life will not be done instantly but suddenly You know what I mean by instantly, right? I mean, we are the Netflix people. We are not just Amazon, three to five day shipping. We're Amazon Prime, two days. And not only are we Amazon Prime, now we're Amazon Prime now. i got an email, they said, I will send it to you in four hours. What? Four hours? And we are slowly being geared to expect things instantly when what God wants to do in your life will not be done instantly, it will be done suddenly if you keep it going. What's the difference? The difference is I'll share a quick story of my progress in the gym. I work out, thank you, baby. You're the only who I care about, okay? I care about nobody else's who, I care about your who. I was working out, and when I first started in the gym, you know, I'm a scrawny guy, I'm, I'm a lot better than I am now. If you think I'm skinny now, you should have seen me before I started working out. And I remember getting under the bench press for the first time. And I used to see those guys pick those big 45 plates up. I used to salivate over those 45 plates. One day, I'm going to lift up those 45 plates. And you know what? I did it. I was able to get it up. I was able it It's 135. That's how much it weighs. I was able to do it six times. And I'm on this workout plan where once I go to six, I jump 10 pounds and then I try and do that six. And I remember I was trying to go for 145. I promise this is going to get spiritual real quick. This isn't my vanity. I'm sharing this with you for a reason. I'm lifting 140, And I remember I was stuck at 145 for two months. It was so depressing. On the seventh week, I went back to Liz. 145 four times. I want to do a six. On the the seventh week, I went back to Liz. I said, babe, I'm doing everything they say to do. I'm eating. I'm, I'm working out. I'm sleeping. And I can't get 145 six times. On the seventh week, I couldn't even lift 145 four, uh, three times. I actually got weaker. I got weaker after seven weeks. anybody anybody follow God Strong for seven weeks, and then and then you think you should be better, and then come the seventh week, you do something that was worse than the first week version of you. Am I preaching to somebody? Come on. And you're looking at them thinking, man. I've been lifting this weight for seven weeks. And after seven weeks, I'm going down? You know what she told me? Huh? Huh? She said, keep it going, baby. You look good. Let me encourage you, church, today. I don't care how much weight you put up. Just keep it going. Don't even worry about the weight. Just keep it going. Two times, three times, four times, five times. Just keep it going. On the eighth week on the eighth week I got up in the gym and I did 155 four times yeah four times and you know what now I'm stuck on 155 and it's been two months been two months I'm stuck on 155 game I need what you got I'm on stuck 155 and I've been stuck there. But you know why? I don't get scared because I know that the God who did it before, he's going to do it again. You got to understand, I hit 155, not, not instantly, suddenly, without warning, out of nowhere, bam. And the breakthrough that comes in your life will happen in just the same way. God is a suddenly God. I know we're running out of time. I got You keep the music going, but don't build up just yet. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Because it's going to get good. It's going to get good, I promise. You want to stand for this? It's going to be stand, 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 stand. Let me read some scripture to you. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 through 26. Look at the screen. What does it say? But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And instantly suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose I'm so glad that Paul and Silas had a habit of worship because when your external circumstance doesn't match your internal condition it's easy to give up on your habits but when you build good habits it no longer matters what the external circumstances are because you've already decided to set your internal condition And so whether I've got chains off me or whether I've got chains on me, worship isn't what I do, it's who I am. It's who I am. And so I'ma worship and I'ma keep it going, 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 and I'ma keep it going until the chains fall off.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option or text JOURNEYORL to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.